Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. We are here for the Week 11 Fantasy Football Waiver Wire I'm going to keep it absolutely 100 with you guys this week on the waiver wire. Absolutely stinks. I think, honestly, your best use of time and of fab dollars this week is going to be setting up for playoff matchups, taking care of your week 12 and week 13 buys, picking up handcuff running backs, look ahead defenses, making sure, I mean, see if there was an elite kicker dropped in your league, maybe try and, I don't know, trade some fab dollars for players because it is incredibly thin out there. As always, we are going to do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So let's go ahead and start at the quarterback. It's a pretty thin week for streamers, assuming that Josh Jobs and Sam Howell have been picked up in your league. We're going to begin with Matt Stafford, who gets to go against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, he does get to throw to Cooper Cup. He does get to throw to Puka Nakua. And I guess that's really, it's really all that I got for you guys. I I think he's got like a safe kind of 12 to 15 point floor. If Cooper Cup, you know, really goes nuclear, I think that he could get 20. I don't love it. Jordan Love gets the better matchup. He gets to play against the Chargers defense. They, they, uh, I, I wrote this. Uh, they've reached USC level on defense. I mean, they just give it up to absolutely everyone. They don't tackle anybody. They're letting wide receivers run free, you know, 20 yards down the field. Green Bay plays pretty slow on offense. Love did make some nice deep throws to Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Unironically, I think one of the things that might help the Packers is throwing the ball to Christian Watson less. He is absolutely stunk this year. That could definitely work out. Deeper leagues, I think Aiden O'Connell will probably see 35 or more passing attempts this week. 35 passing attempts is a lot, but they are 12-point dogs to Miami, and that sort of organizational philosophy of just handing the ball to Josh Jacobs, I don't really know if that's going to work this week. O'Connell is like a, a statue. You're not getting any running volume. But in terms of guys like, I don't you know, Tommy DeVito or whatever, I do think O'Connell is better than that. He should, you know, I mean, he could go 250-2, and two, throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Michael Meyer. A couple $1 preemptive pickups. Malik Cunningham, I talked about him maybe three or four weeks ago, but like the Mac Jones thing, it, it's got to be over. I mean, this guy is playing so bad. I think Cunningham, just as a sheer rusher, and also just in any league where Malik Cunningham is eligible as a wide receiver, I think you need to try and pick him up for a buck this week. I, obviously, like this is total vomitville but Cunningham was like an unreal good rusher at Louisville so I do think he could you know run for 60 or so yards per kind of like kind of like Josh Dobbs without all of the insane heroics is sort of what I would imagine the upside scenario for Cunningham being moving to running back 
headlined by Ty Chandler. I said last week he was going to be the guy I wanted to pick up the most. That feels pretty prescient because Alexander Madison suffered a concussion. Not expecting him to play this week. And even before that injury, Chandler was roughly splitting work. They each had eight carries when Madison got injured. Chandler converted a touchdown. Chandler was a really athletic prospect, and he was super productive as both a rusher and a receiver in his final season at North Carolina after he transferred from Tennessee. I honestly think he is a better rusher than Madison, and I think a lock start in any format this week. Kenne and Wangu is the only other running back on the team. They did get Miles Gaskin back on the practice squad. He'll probably be active this week. I would not anticipate him getting any touches. I think you can go up to 50% of your remaining fab to acquire him. Keaton Mitchell, mention him every single week. If you listen to this and you don't have Keenan Mitchell, then I guess you just really probably haven't been listening to me. I think Keaton Mitchell is now on that Devin A. chain, Jaleel McLaughlin scale, where like five to eight touches, he can get there. Obviously, you're not like super wanting to start him right now, but you run a 4-3 in the Ravens offense. That's going to make you viable. I also would expect him to like just start cutting into Justice Hill. Justice Hill's been playing quite a bit, and he's reliable and dependable, but the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens got to win these games. Like, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible loss for them against the Cleveland Browns. If Keaton Mitchell is still out there in your league, I think 20 to 30% on him is fine. This, to me, is the most important pickup of the week. Rico Dowdle really would not surprise me if Tony Pollard becomes the second back. Actually, kind of like how we've seen Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in the Steelers offense, I I sort of feel like that might be the direction that this backfield is heading, where Dowdle just is kind of viewed as the complimentary starter to Tony Pollard. uh, Pollard's just been bad. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He has been terrible. He got a couple more chances at the goal line last week. He didn't convert. Dowdle did. Dowdle started to work in on some passing downs got some red zone work. It's, it's just really not out of the question that Pollard gets benched even without an injury. And with an injury, Dowdle, I think, would immediately become like a top 10-ish style running back because the team really hasn't used Deuce Vaughn and sort of those creative package plays that we thought they would. So just feeling really good about Dowdle. Much like Chandler was my top pickup last week, Dowdle will probably end up being the guy I add the most this week. Uh, Dearness Johnson for a buck. The Tank Bigsby experiment is over. The guy, I mean, I just literally, I do not know how he sees the field. Really wouldn't surprise me to see him be a healthy scratch. He just does not do anything positive. Johnson got three touches, three rushes against the 49ers, and I think he is leapfrogged Bigsby to being the handcuff there for the Jaguars, so he's a pretty I mean, he's Dearness Johnson, so he's not that good of a pickup, but I suppose that he is fine. Moving to wide receiver, I'm actually going to lead off with A.T. Perry instead of the Texans, guys, because I just really want to hammer this home. One, Jameis Winston taking over for Derek Carr. I guess I should have mentioned Jameis Winston at the quarterback position, but Jameis, pretty decent preemptive pickup in deeper formats. But A.T. Perry was awesome. His final two seasons at Wake Forest, 2,500 yards, 26 touchdowns. He really is like my favorite cheaper pickup at wide receiver this week because I I guess sort of what I think is that Shahid is just who he is. The Michael Thomas injury is not going to impact Shahid's role all that much, whereas Perry is, I mean, Perry led the team in routes run even more than Alave, scored the touchdown. I, 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 again, will be picking up A.T. Perry, you know, three, four, five bucks like that in a lot of formats, especially deeper formats like A.T. Perry versus Trent Irwin. Do you need to start Irwin this week? Then I guess you pick up Irwin. But Perry, I think, is like a legit ceiling option. Gets those dome games, gets a really easy schedule down the back half. A.T. Perry, uh, my favorite wide receiver pickup of the week. 
Next up, we have Noah Brown and Robert Woods. So Nico Collins is probably going to come back this week. But just in general, we want C.J. Stroud pass catchers on our teams. What I am expecting moving forward is for Brown to remain in the rotation, even with Collins back, and for them to just play four wide receivers. And that would really be the Yahtzee. Because if you only play four wide receivers and every wide receiver kind of plays 70 to 80% of the snaps, that means that there are enough rotational snaps for all of them. You know, it doesn't mean any of them go to zero. Now, if they start playing five, if Xavier Hutchinson is moving in, if Mechie is getting snaps, like then it becomes a little bit more messy. But if they just play the four of them, I think there's probably enough meat on the bone in these C.J. Stroud blow-up games where he's throwing 35 or more times that you feel pretty okay about starting any of them. Now, Brown, I, I don't have the highest expectations for Brown or Woods. I mean, Woods is a billion years old. Brown, uh, it was crazy stack going around that he hadn't had a 100-yard game since high school before two weeks ago, then had this another crazy blow-up game where he was just always open down the field against the Bengals. Definitely think think both of these guys should be owned in 12-team leagues. We got Rondale Moore. One of the bigger surprises of the week for me was just that Rondale was just like a real functional slot wide receiver. I mean, he just was running normal routes, like not total gimmick stuff. I think he should see, you know, four to seven targets per week. Same deal for Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson probably been dropped in a fair few number leagues. I think he could actually have like a kind of a, a sick run down the stretch as the downfield guy because, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just am so sick of Hollywood Brown. It, it really would not surprise me if Michael Wilson outproduced Hollywood Brown down the back end. So Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson, I think, are both good, like, 5 to 8% bids this week. Trent and Irwin, Teagan's probably not going to play this Thursday. Irwin will again be the perimeter starter on the other side of Jamar Chase. Scored a touchdown against the Texans, nice little 32-yarder. His target volume was a lot lower in that game than the 10-target game the last time that Teagan's missed. Part of that was because Tanner Hudson is being targeted on 35% of his routes. Again, that could continue, but it also could just disappear. I mean, Tanner Hudson could go to zero targets against the Ravens. That really would not be all that surprising. So Trent Irwin, you know, a fairly decent paper-over-the-crack starter. And then Cedric Tillman, another guy for a buck, was the starting outside wide receiver for the Browns against the Ravens. Not really, uh, you know, wanting to start Deshaun Watson, pass catchers in fantasy, but Tillman was like a really highly pedigreed prospect at Tennessee, got outproduced his final season at Jalen Hyatt because he was injured. But I think he's pretty decent, and he could be a guy who earns high average depth of targets down the stretch. At tight end, the aforementioned Tanner Hudson. Again, Teagan's not playing. Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase obviously played very well against the Texans, but I think there's like a clear need in this offense for one other guy to be getting targets, and that's why Hudson had five receptions in the first quarter against the Texans. Hudson is not a full-time player, but he's just been running a lot of routes, eating into Irv Smith Jr.'s routes and targets. Drew Sample is the blocking tight end there. I've always liked Tanner Hudson. Obviously, if you play preseason NFL DFS, you know the guys like Gronk in the preseason. I've kind of always believed an NFL team needs to give him a shot. Uh, for what it's worth, Joe Goodberry, if you guys follow him on Twitter, he's like the biggest Bengals fan I know, does a lot of premium analysis of the team. He's been very high on Hudson, and he thinks that his role actually might expand down the stretch. So I'm liking adding Hudson, specifically in tight end premium formats. 
Next up, we have Michael Mayer. Uh, I think he probably got dropped in a bunch of leagues over the last two weeks. You know, that matchup against the Jets, benching a Jimmy Garoppolo. But he did just have his first game with a target share above 20% against the Jets. And just like we talked about earlier with O'Connell, I mean, this should be... 30-plus pass attempts for the Raiders here, given the massive spread. I probably prefer him as a starter this week to Hudson, but both of them are pretty interesting. And then finally, we have Donald Parham. So Gerald Everett suffered a back injury. Keenan Allen suffered an arm injury. Quentin Johnson has, like, frying pans for hands. We got Jalen Guyton out here returning to football after 18 months off due to a knee injury. If there was ever a time... But the Chargers backs against the wall. You know, they got to start winning some freaking games to have any chance of making the playoffs. If there was a time for them to just say, you know what, screw it, Parham, you're running 70% of the routes. We're targeting you six times, not just in the red zone. I think that time is now. You know, I've started worse tight ends than Donald Parham in fantasy football. I think he is a, a pretty interesting pickup with Everett banged up. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. That's going to be it for the waiver wire this week. Hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful. Good luck on all your bids. Good luck in all your leagues. And I will be back on Thursday morning with Jacob. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.